So we understand how the word of God or the revelation of God enter into our hearts. Basically, there are three ways. First of all, when we pray in tongue, when we pray in the spirit, we pray in mystery. We are downloading the plan and purpose of God that is unknown to us, but, but is in the heart of God. We are downloading those things into our, uh, through our spirit, into our hearts. Okay, the, 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 the second way that we can download the, the revelation of God is through the instruction of Jesus. Pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus taught us to pray, to pray that God's revelation, God's kingdom will be downloaded into our lives so that it can be carried out on earth. So we, uh, through prayer, uh, and, uh, we are able to uh, download what God has for us into our heart. Uh, the third way is we can download the, the revelation of God into our heart the Rima word, the Rima word of God. You know, so we receive the Rima word of God through the preaching of the word, through God speaking to people, to animals, to creation. God can just put a word into your heart. You know, when you look at uh, uh, the creation, uh, God can speak to you. The Rima word. And through the reading of the word of God, the Rima word can also come to you. Uh, when you are reading it, it's just like Logos. It's just like the general knowledge of God. But somehow the Spirit of God begins to move. That word becomes a Rima and it will be downloaded into your heart, into your uh, spirit. Uh, so these are the, 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 the means uh, uh, where the Rima word of God, the word of God can be downloaded into our hearts. And we realize the heart is so important because Whatever is downloaded determines our destiny. You know, but the heart can download from God. At the same time, the heart can also download from the world, from our flesh, from demon spirit. You know, so there is a, like, like a competition going on. You know, whoever you, you allow to occupy your heart, they will take dominion over your life. That's why Ananias and Sapphira, even though they are spirit-filled Christian, they are Christians who are more generous than a lot of us who want to give a lot to God. But somehow the enemies are able to whisper into their ears so that they entertain it and then their hearts were taken by demon spirit. Spirit-filled Christian I'm talking about. And we know their tragic end. We also learned that uh, our heart has a capacity for the Holy Spirit. But this capacity has got to continue to increase and increase so that we can, we can have more of the Holy Spirit. There's so much in God that we haven't experienced yet, that we haven't received yet. And yet God has prepared for us. Because what God has prepared for us is eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Our mind has not conceived. It's tremendous, great things that He has prepared for us. So our heart our capacity for the revelation of God, for what God wants to do, has got to continue to increase so that we can take what God wants, uh, wants for us in our life. So last week we learned that how, how do we enlarge our capacity in our hearts to contain what God has for us. Remember, we've got to go into the deep water. We've got to step out. Rather than just standing uh, at a, 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 our comfort zone, Right? We've got to move into the area where we allow the Holy Spirit to take total control. Let go of our 
fear, our uh, desire for security, and trust God that God, you are my security. You are with me. Things will happen. It can be done, even though it is impossible to the human eye, to the human understanding. The capacity of our heart is determined by the strength of our heart. Okay, if your heart is strong, then you can contain more of what God wants. If your heart is weak, you know, what you can contain is very little. So this morning, I want to talk about how can we increase the strength of our heart so that we can contain more of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. You know, the, 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 the capacity, how far do we go? How much capacity do we have? See, God wants to give us His fullness. His fullness. That's the desire of God. That we should receive His fullness. It's already prepared for us. But you can, you can tell. Most Christians, we just receive affection. A small bit of the fullness of God. Right? But God's desire is that we should reflect His glory. We are His body. We are His representation on this earth. But we are a misrepresentation of God most of the time. So God wants us to receive His fullness. And so this capacity has got to continue to grow and grow and grow. That's why none of us should give up and say, Oh, you know, I'm already 60. Well, you're telling you you are, you are dying? Or you are going to enter into glory? This is my glorious year. You know, I've never been so close to God before. I've never known God this way. Because through the years I've grown, I've grown. This is my glorious year. It's your mindset. God wants to give us a full capacity, the fullness. And I'm not saying we have it. That's why we need to continue to grow and grow and grow. Let's look at this scripture. Ephesians 3, 16. Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. This is the prayer of Paul for the Christian. This, is, this should be our prayer for our life. He said, I pray that out of His glorious riches... He may strengthen you with power to His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So you see in this prayer, the goal of this prayer is, those, is that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. That is what God wants us to have. So this is God's desire for every one of us. So this morning, there are plenty of, cap, uh, of capacity in your heart that has yet to be created in order for you to contain, for us to contain this fullness that God has. The, the, the thing that we got to get rid of is we're limiting God. 
You know, God has no limit from what, what we have read. God has no limit for you, for me. He didn't set a limit, okay, if you do this, then that's your lot. No. From the Bible, you know that the more you do, the more doors He opens for you. You know, if you gain one, one talent, He's going to give you some more. If you, you know, it, it just continues to increase. It's up to you. So God has not set a limit. But we are the one who set the limit. We are the one who tell ourselves, when I get to this age, that's it for me. I've done. You know, I'm going to just take it easy and enjoy my life and die. What for? You understand? We are the one who set the limit. Rather than continue to go from glory to glory to glory, so that when we enter heaven, when we die, wow, that's a glorious moment that we've been waiting for. Uh, because the Word of God says, He said, I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, in your heart. Out of His glorious riches. Is there any limit to His glorious riches? How much can we contain of that glorious riches? You know, it, it depends on as much as we can contain. But there's no limit to His glorious riches that He's giving to us. Out of His glorious riches. Whatever is your need, whatever is our needs, God is making it available. It's whether we can take it or not, whether we can contain it or not. But it comes to our heart. The glorious riches comes into our heart to strengthen our heart. To strengthen our inner being. So that's why I say, we got to build a strong heart in order to be able to contain all that God has for us. Uh, Ephesians 3, verse 20. And that's what God has for us. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generation forever and ever. So you can see, the measure that God can release to us is how much He can work in our heart. Now, how much, uh, how strong is our heart, right? According to the power that is at work within you. But He says God can, is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. That's the limit that God has. Beyond what we can imagine, beyond what we can ask, but it's according to that power. How much power does our heart has that God can work in us? Okay, that's the determining factor of our capacity. Build my heart up so that my heart can be strong, so that God can release more and more into my life, right? Uh, that He has prepared uh, for me. Okay, so the, the, the first thing is, as our faith in Christ increase, our capacity in our hearts also increase. Okay, our faith increase, our capacity increase. Just now we read in chapter 3, verse 17, he said, as that, uh, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You are strengthened in your heart. When your heart is strong, out of His glorious riches, He fills you. So when your heart is strong, then Christ can dwell in your heart through faith. Right? So when our faith in Christ increases, 
then our capacity in our hearts to contain what God has for us also increases. You know, these are Christians. They have Jesus in their heart. But Paul is praying that so that Christ may dwell in your heart. He's talking about the increasing measure of Christ dwelling in your heart. It's not that they don't have Jesus. They know Jesus. He's writing to the church. But Paul is saying, hey, your heart, I'm praying that your heart will become stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger so that Christ may dwell in your heart more and more and more and more even as your faith increases. So how can I increase my faith in my heart so that more of Jesus can fill my heart? So in order to increase the faith of my heart, I got to proclaim the word of faith to myself, to my spirit, into my heart. I got to speak what God is speaking. Too many times we are talking to human understanding and, and we are limiting God in our words, in other words, in our heart. And that's why our experience profit. Right? So we say, you see, you know, it cannot be done, you see? Because we speak words that is contrary to what God is saying. But when I want my heart to be strong, strong in faith, so that my capacity to grow, I've got to constantly speak to myself, proclaim to myself the word of faith. What God say about me. Huh? What God is talking to me about capacity. There's no limit. God, I thank you. I can continue to grow. I can continue to advance. Forward. There's no limit. I, I talk like God. Because this is what God has for me. So as I begin to talk to myself, my heart begins to receive the word. Begins to receive the word. Okay? And eventually, my heart believes. Initially, it may not. It may argue. It may, it may counter because the heart is also listening to the word, the voice of Satan and telling you, accusing you and so on. So, so you may have that kind of mixed messages. But you have to continue to declare, declare, declare uh, until such time you really believe it. The voice of enemy doesn't bother you at all. You, can't, you don't even listen to them because you know those are rubbish. Right? Uh, so you know the Word of God. So your hearts will grow in faith. Your hearts will increase in capacity for what God has to do. Let's uh, read it. Uh, read the Word of God in Romans 10, verse 10. For it is with your heart that you believe. You see, it's the heart that believes. And are justified. And it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Okay, so here, he talked about because people believe, believe is You experience what you confess later. Confession comes, belief comes to your heart first. Then the experience follows. Right? So it's important that we proclaim uh, the word of faith. Uh, sorry, I should read verse 8 to 9 first. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith you are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay, uh, 
Yeah, so the word is very clear. You, you believe in your heart. You confess with your mouth. Then you are saved, right? So the experience comes later. And, and, and so it says the word is near you. It's in your mouth. So it's your choice. What you want to proclaim, what you want to speak, is your choice. Who do you want to listen to? Who do you want to agree with? You want to agree with yourself and Satan and the world? Then you don't have faith. But if you agree with the word of God because it's near you, it's in your mouth. So people say, how can I have faith? How can I have faith? God says, it's just before you. It's your choice. You want to believe, you can have faith. You don't want to believe, well, you want to listen to other voices, then you don't have faith. So it's a choice. The word is near you. It's in your mouth. So you've got to speak it. You've got to believe it. Right? It's your choice. Okay, so we, we are not deceiving ourselves. It's just that we are living in a spiritual realm. We're not living in a natural realm. The natural realm will tell you, well, you're fooling yourself, right? Uh, you are, you are uh, deceiving, uh, speaking things which is not true. But we are in a different realm. We're in a realm of the impossible can be possible. We are in the realm of God, the spiritual realm, where we know God is with us and this is His desire for us. So we're talking, talking uh, uh, in agreeing with what God wants to, to, to do and want to happen in our life so that eventually uh, this thing will take place. We've got to understand that even as we declare, some of the things that we say, it may not happen in, in my lifetime. Right? But it will take place. So we're not living, we're not restricted by time zone in the sense that, oh, if it didn't happen in my life, then, well, uh, it was wrong, I was wrong, uh, my faith was misplaced. No, no. Because the covenant that God has given to us is not just for this generation, for the generations to come. So that our children, when it's revealed to us, our children can continue. To fulfill the covenant. So some of the things that we speak. You now for instance, we're talking about the seven mountains. Taking the seven mountains. The churches are just talking about it. But in order for us to impact the political realm. The economic realm for Jesus. You know. Educational realm. A lot of these things are still work in progress. A lot of this thing, we will not see the fullness of it in our lifetime. At least, well, I don't think so. But it will, it will come. Because that's the word of God. Right? So we are not, we were speaking the word of faith because we are not restricted by time zone. Abraham, God give, gave him a, the promised land. But he never, he never entered into it. He was always on a journey looking for that better city. Uh, that, that God is going to create. Right? So, but he's a man of faith. His children, his descendants, enter into it, take possession of it. But it's years later, years later. Okay, and then the next thing, in order for us to increase our capacity, the foundation has got to be right. If the foundation, we're building on the wrong foundation, it cannot contain the measure of what God wants to give to us. Okay, so we've got to establish a right foundation in our hearts. The right value system. 
just, just use your imagination a little bit. You know, the, the things that God wants to give it to us or give it to His children on this earth is so great. And if our foundation is not right, how can it sustain? How can it contain? It just cannot. Okay? It's just like uh, building a building. Okay, so, so what is uh, the foundation that we need to build? Let's go back to the verse that we were reading just now. The second half of verse 17. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. So from here, can you see? Pray that you being rooted and established. That's the foundation. Rooted and established in love. In love. In the love of God. We need to understand that foundation, this right foundation is established over time. Right? So, initially we may receive something which is foundational, but then we may not get it quite right. Right? So over time, this foundation of being established is being rooted. It takes time to go deep down. It takes time to establish, to solidify that foundation. It does take time. Okay? So that's the first thing we need to understand. So some of the things that we receive in time past, even though you may have hold on to it as the gospel truth, but you realize they are not quite the truth. So you've got to change your mindset. Right? In those days, to be poor, it means you're holy. It means you are prudent. It means you're godly. To be rich means you're worldly, you're filthy rich. You know? That was the mindset we had. So we got to be like Jesus, as if Jesus is a beggar, is, a poor, is so poor, so churches are so shabby. That was our mindset. I told you my mindset. I dare not, even though I'm richer than I'm seen, but I dare not present myself to be so rich because that, I'm a pastor, you know. I got to be like my congregation. I got to be poor uh, so that I can identify with them. What a lot of rubbish. You know, those are the rubbish that we have. But now I realize, God, you are the one who put me on the forefront. You are putting me on display for other people to see. I'm representing you. And I got to protect my heart. My heart is the same. It wasn't taken by worldliness and so on. But I got to present. You know, the church has got to present an image that our God is alive. Our God is a great God. Our God is a God of abundance. Our God can help you. But if our, our church is always begging and it's always so poor and so on, you know, it's not consistent with our message. It's not consistent with our belief. So the, the things that I have... God is the one who gave it to me. God is the one who put me in that kind of level that, that I dare not move in because I thought that's ungodly. You know? But God is breaking, breaking a lot of this mindset in, in our life. So some of us, we have very small mindset. You've got to, you've got to fine-tune your mindset. You know, we're talking about the kingdom of God. We're talking about the greatness of God. Come on. 
Get rid of that poverty mindset. Get rid of some of this small-mindedness and begin to lay the right foundation. But here it tells us we need to lay the foundation in love. In love. Why is it so important? Because if you lay the foundation basing it on your performance, one of these days you're going to fail. But you lay the foundation in the love of God, in the grace of God. Your identity is totally taken by what Jesus has done. Even though as you continue to build the kingdom of God, continue to advance, there are times you will fail. There are times you, you, you'll be, things will happen. But because it's built on love, you know it's because of Jesus. It's because of what He has done. Not because what I have done. Because if it's because of what I have done, I, Satan will remind me of my failures. Satan will remind me of my sins. Satan will remind me of all the negative things so that I feel I'm so unworthy. I cannot do this. You know, someone else, well, they are so good. They should be doing it. I cannot do it. You you understand? A lot of us are living with that condemnation, that guilt in our heart, in our mind. Because Satan keeps accusing us. And so we feel that we cannot. I'm not the one that God will use. I'm not. I'm not. Because you're basing it on performance. And you're hoping that you can perform better so that God can use you more. But the Bible didn't say that. God will use you more because your heart is strong, because your heart is rooted in Him, because your heart is filled with His Spirit. Do you know David, the man used by God, he committed sin and failures and so on? But he's so rooted in God. He's so focused on God. And that's why God can use him. Not because he's so good. His heart is always after God. His heart is strong. But he has weaknesses. So when we build our foundation in his love, what do we know? We know it's God's will to bless us. It's God's desire to bless his children. Full stop. It's God who wants us to ask of him so that he may answer us. It's God who wants us to ask great things from him. That's our God. So you've got to know this is God's heart and desire because we are to represent Him. But if you don't have the heart of God, when pastor comes with a big project, you'll be wondering whether his flesh, whether his ego is at play or whether God is at play. You know, the wrong mindset. Right? I know there are people who have the wrong mindset. But we, we don't look at those examples. We look at what God says. We want to live what God says, not what other people have failed. Those are warning for us not to go that way. But we have to go God's way. And it's His heart and His desire that we become a great people. Because we have a great God. That's His desire. Nothing to do with ego. Something wrong with you if you, are, you look at yourself so small. You don't understand the power of God. You don't understand the power of the cross. You don't understand the blood of Jesus. Because the blood of Jesus has cleansed us, He has made us a holy nation to represent Him, to declare the praises of Him. He has made us to be His holy, His, His royal priesthood. That's what Jesus has done for us. That's what God has desired for us. So we've got to have the right foundation. It's God's desire to bless His children. Otherwise, what kind of father is He? You want your earthly father 
to not want to bless you? He said, you, sinners, you know how to give good things to your children. Now you think that I'm going to give you the evil spirit when you ask me of the Holy Spirit? You see, churches are so, so rotten in their mindset. Just because they don't understand something, you know, they think it's demon spirit. Oh my. Wrong foundation. So we got to lay the right foundation. What does Jeremiah 29, 11 tell us? He said, for I know, God says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's our God. That's our Father. The Chinese translations say, you know, so that you have peace. You know, a lot of people, they live a peaceful life, doing nothing, achieve nothing, no problem, because they didn't attend anything that they cannot do. Peace. But this is not what God said. He said, I, I know my plan for you. Plan to prosper you. And God in the New Testament tells us His plan is more than we can ask or imagine. Can you see those plans? We don't even know what they are. They must be really, really great. You know, to prosper us. This is God's desire. So if all these plans are hidden, it's just like you don't have it. Remember, we talked about that. What is hidden, what is secret, belongs to God. What is revealed, belongs to man. So we need to know huh? God's desire, God's plan, so that we can enter into it. So once you know that God has such good intention, God has such great purpose for us, what does it create in us? When you know this is our God, you will pursue Him, man. You will seek after Him. And if we're not, it tells us we don't know. It tells us we may have a mental knowledge about this thing, but we really don't have it in our spirit because out of it flows the issue of life. Because if it's in your spirit, you will pursue it. Something happened. Something birthed forth inside. Life flow. You begin to pursue it. You know, if I tell you you can get a million dollars just coming up to pick it, you will do it. And God is saying, my plan for you is to prosper you. My plans for you is greater than what you can imagine, what you can think. If you really believe it, you will pursue. You will pursue Him. You know, that's why the next verse, the next verse, He says, then, then you will call upon Me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So God said, if you seek me with all your heart, guarantee. But no, we, 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 it's too risky for us to seek Him with all our heart. You know, I've got so much to do. I got, uh, but God said, if you seek me, now you know, then you will seek me. But condition, you seek me with all your heart then it will be found, found by you. Okay, so can you see, this thing has got to go into our hearts uh, because God loves to fulfill His promise. Now, when we seek Him, we're seeking Him for the great things He had, He wants us to have. So we're asking Him for the same thing that He wants to happen in our life. No wonder He answered them. You understand? 
So God loves to answer our prayer. God loves to fulfill His promises. God loves to see that His greatness be manifest in our life. Full capacity. How can we reach full capacity? Full capacity can only be reached together with the saints. Together with the saints. Look at the verse. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints. Together with all the saints. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So to reach the fullness of of, of God, the capacity, it has to be together with all the saints. Why? Because none of us is able to contain that kind of fullness. None. Okay? But together as a body of Christ, He promised He will release His fullness. Right? So you cannot live a long-range Christian. You cannot do as you want. You know, you cannot be not committed to a local church because you will never enter into the fullness of God. There are things you, you can never have. You know, so, some people, we're so independent because we thought we're so good, we're so right. You know, uh, we've got to be careful of the preacher and pastor and so on and so on. We've got to be careful of the church and so on. So we only trust ourselves. We're not willing to commit. But God's desire, God's plan is for the local church to be united as one so that we can enter into His fullness and manifest His glory. And all that we do, if it's individual, we can't do it. But thank God for everyone in this church. We don't have a lot. But because we are together, we are doing exceedingly abundantly great things, far greater than we can imagine or or ask of God. Because we are together. But if we are individual, we just want to do our own things. We just want to follow what we think is right rather than what is together with one spirit and one mind, how much can we do? And that's not the will of God. So together with the saints, united together with the saints in love, then you begin to experience far greater, far richer, far deeper, far wider than you can ever do by yourself. Do you know, when we unite together as one, it's not because then we understand. We never understand. He said, you will grasp. You know, this love that surpasses knowledge. It cannot come by study. It cannot come by understanding because it surpasses knowledge. But you grasp it. You experience it. You know, but, but you can't explain it. Because you grasp it. It reveals into your heart, into your spirit. You see the greatness of God. So some of us, we may not be able to explain a lot of things to you because we also can't explain it. Because this thing where we have surpasses knowledge. How to explain if it surpasses knowledge? You've got to experience it then you know. That's all, all you can say, isn't it? Okay, because... It's only together with the saints we can grasp the fullness of God. Why? Because when the saints are together, they only have one spirit, but they have all kinds of character. 
So when the things are together, united in love, you know you got more problem, more headache. So you need more forgiveness, you need more love, you need more endurance, you need more of everything. You see, now your capacity begins to increase. Right? Your capacity for more of the love of God. Now you have to. More of the patience of God. Well, so your capacity increase. But when you're on your own, well, I tell you, if you have lived on your own for a long, long time, please don't get married. You are so set in your ways. I tell you, it's hell, man. Avoid that. Go to heaven in peace. You understand what I'm saying? But when you have to live with people together, wow, I tell you, when Radha was talking about the dream thing, a team, I was thinking, God, you know, I wish I have a dream team. Do you know how the dream team come about? Do you know how they come about? Whew. Never mind. Let me just turn to First Samuel 22, verse 2. You know, today people don't have dream team. They, don't have, they have star team. They use money to buy the best and the most expensive player and now they have the, the strong football team, you know. They spend crazy money. But to have your dream team, you know how dream teams are start. Look at how David have his dream team. First Samuel 22, 2. All those who were in distress and in depths or discontented gathered around him and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. That is the beginning of his dream team. You want that? But when we don't have the heart of Jesus, oh, this person, well, be careful, huh? huh? He wants money, huh? he wants this, huh? he wants that. So we, we reject them because we, we think of ourselves. But God said, together with the saints. That's his dream team. And do you know before they are willing to die for him, they are willing to kill him. Remember Ziklag? When he came back, Everything was robbed, was taken by the enemies. And this dream team begins to blame it on David and they want to stone him. They want to kill him because he's responsible. He's a leader. And this is what happened to us. It's all his fault. That's before, he, before they are prepared to die for him. Even just for a cup of water. They're willing to risk their life. So together with all the saints, you will experience, you will be filled with the fullness of God, but that journey that journey is painful, to increase your capacity, you've got to be stretched there will be pain, there will be struggle, there will be a lot of things you know, but we have the capacity, our hearts are stronger than all these things because the glorious riches of Jesus is in our heart, to fill our hearts there's no lack we are stronger than all this because our heart is strong. But if your heart is weak, when you have these people, you give up. You know, I tell you, people think that, oh, they, they want to understand how we operate. Let them come and live with me for one week. Then they'll know how, how we operate. Right? 
the kind of frustration, the kind of difficulties, the, the problem that you need to deal with, the, the constant pressure and all this kind of thing. You know, but, but our hearts are strong. Stronger than all, all the problems, all the challenges and everything that is there. So this morning, are you learning something? How to increase the strength of our hearts so that our capacity for the Spirit of God, for what God wants to do, also increase. You know, it comes through a process. Our heart, our heart's got to be strong. Our faith got to be strong. And when our faith increases, then we can contain more of what God want, wants to do. And then to 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 receive the fullness, we got to have the right foundation. It got to be built on Christ. It got to be built on the love of Christ, not our performance. You know, if you base on your performance, how many of us base it on performance? When we feel that we are not appreciated, we, we don't want to carry on because you base it on performance. You know, sometimes it's not even true, but this is how we feel. Right? But when we base on the love of Jesus, it's the love of Jesus that motivates us. When we know the will of God, we seek after Him. That's all we look for. Not because of man, not because of what they do to us, they're good or bad to us, nothing to do with that. But because we see God, we see God. So our hearts become strong and then we grow in our capacity for the things of God. So my prayer is that we are one together. Together with one vision, one spirit, building our spirit man, building our heart strong so that we can together enter into the fullness of Jesus. Amen. So we stand.